What's the ratio between good looking and ugly quarterbacks? Well, I think obviously the zero on the scale is Blake Bortles. <laughs> Talk about that guy. He's an NFL player nominally, but he's not great in terms of talent and not good looking either. Oh, Blake Bortles? Yeah. I can't I can't with Blake Bortles right now because he nearly beat us, so Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, um, thank you for coming out once again for another edition of the Dan vs. D Sports and Stuff Podcast, DVD for short, aka DVD player, Omnia player, D with two E's, and always uh, by my side is... The Dan with an A-N, definitely physically by your side right now. Not, not actually. Uh, spiritually, spiritually, he's by my side. Yes. Um. Oh, oh. no, no, no. Spiritually, yeah. Ooh, sorry, I turned monitoring on for my microphone, and it was really disorienting. Um. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is gonna be this is gonna be kind of weird because we have like a forty-minute segment that we cut last week, or actually no, two weeks ago, a. Uh, Super Bowl preview slash playoff preview. Or no, we did this. We released the yep. Super Bowl preview. We did not release our playoffs and reviews segment. So that's may or may not be in this episode. Who knows? Uh, but uh, they can be a are, lost episode. We, lost episode. Yeah, right, 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 right. The lost tapes. Uh, it'll be like mm-hmm. the lost Mike Francesa tapes. But uh, anyway, the reason we are convening here today is uh, some crazy stuff happened today, uh, mostly regarding the Cavaliers. Um, the, we the Cleveland Cavaliers. Do they even get to be called the Cavaliers anymore, or are they just a completely different franchise? <laughs> I mean, I mean, they are. They still are the Cavaliers because they still got like. Uh, uh, crappy Dan Gilbert running the show. I guess. What a weird... So, the, the, yeah. a brief, brief, brief summary of what happened today. I'm sure you've seen it, but uh, the uh, Cleveland basically dumped their entire roster other than LeBron today. They uh, mm-hmm. they traded away Isaiah Thomas, Channing Frye, Iman Shumpert, Jay Crowder, Derek Rose... And they sent Dwayne Wade back to the Heat for basically a pack of big league Jew. Wait, so, Dwayne Wade went back to the Heat? Yep. They shipped him for a 2020 first or second round pick, sorry. Um, so something basically of no value. Uh, but he was good in his uh, in the second unit, though. How, that doesn't make any sense. I really think that... That doesn't I make mean, any sense. It's got to be that 
basically LeBron made this decision, right? Like that's the only thing that really makes sense is that LeBron basically went, okay, this team's not working. I want a new one. <laughs> right? Like that. <laughs> and man, his, his buddy Dwayne, uh, his buddy Derek Rose, all those guys, all gone. Wait, where did Derrick Rose go to? Uh, Derrick Rose went to the Jazz. Oh my god. And Jay Crowder went to the Jazz, too. Wait, Crowder's gone, too? Yep. So, all the assets that they got from the Celtics, they just basically put on the chopping block, or just, yep. like, shipped them off? Yes. Uh, so, here's what here's what Cleveland sent away today. So, they, they so sent- y'all basically got Kyrie Irving for free. You got him for free. Well, I mean, we still gave up those assets. You basically got Kyrie Irving for free. But, uh, so here's... Yeah, you gave them up, but, like, they didn't even utilize theirs. Yeah. Here, here, here's what Cleveland sent away. They sent away Isaiah Thomas, Channing Fry, Mon Shumpert, Derek Rose, Jay Crowder, Dwayne Wade, a first-round pick, and, uh, and, oh, I'm sorry, that was Miami's 2022nd-round pick that they sent away, um... Actually, no, I think that's wrong because they, uh, who the hell knows? Doesn't matter. Oh, I see. They, they got the second round pick from Miami and then immediately sent it to the Kings. I see. I see. That was confusing. Wait, where did Amon Shumpert go to? Uh, okay. So Shumpert went to the Kings. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh, that's bad. And, uh, Rose and Crowder went to the Jazz and then, uh, Dwayne went back to the Heat and, uh, not to sleep on this part either. Isaiah Thomas and Channing Fry went to the Lakers. So, oh. uh, so it man, he he suddenly is now on the Celtics' most hated rival. So that's a thing. <laughs> but uh, oh man, man, I I love it man, and it's like he it, he really wasn't in Boston that long, but really did so much to endear himself to the fans there. And man, you know, I really appreciate him, but man, he was not good when he came back to the Cavs. Yeah. I think I remember looking online. um, This is like his fourth team in like four and a half years. Yeah. And I mean, what's weird is that, you know, I'd never even really heard of him until like I'd kind of I kind of knew that there was an okay guy in the NBA also named Isaiah Thomas now, but like I'd never seen him play. I'd never watched a game that he played in, but and he kind of overnight became a superstar in Boston. But there's this very weird pattern now where Brad Stevens has got some like Patriots secret sauce that he's secretly spraying in guys Mountain Dew Code Red or something. Because, like, his players are just suddenly dramatically dropping in value as soon as they leave the team. It's ridiculous. Can you ever remember anything like this? Because I certainly can't. A team moving so many players. I mean, they're blowing up a team and they're blowing up a team midseason. Yeah. And I mean, they've got, they've got LeBron, so they're gonna, they're gonna make the playoffs, but like, Man, I've never seen this before. I really haven't. I guess you can only really do it in basketball where the rosters are so small. That team is trash, though, defensively. I guess it can't get much worse, right? Maybe they should start on Malcolm Butler. (laughs) 
man. Oh, but I don't know, man. Like, is was it good? Was it good moves by the Cavaliers, or is it just like too much of a drastic change, like in at this point of the season? Yeah, I <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm looking at what they got. I'm not super familiar with Rodney Hood or George Hill, or actually really any Rodney of the Hood's players good. they got back. So they're, Rodney Hood and Judge Hill are good. So here's here's their uh, here's their roster current as currently constructed now. Uh, George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, Jose Calderon, uh, LeBron, uh, Rodney Hood, J.R. Smith, Jeff Green, C.D. Osman, uh, Tristan Thompson, C. Kevin Love, Larry Nance Jr. and Ante Larry Nance Jr. and Ante Zizek. Obviously, Kevin Love is hurt and is going to be out for a while. So, a weird roster. <laughs> and they have two That's open weird. roster spots as well. So, it's sort of like, hey, who wants to come play with LeBron? But yeah, man, I uh, the Cavs are a basketball team. and Or at least they were a basketball team yesterday. I'm not really sure what they are now. Bro, they need to call uh, the great prophet Sam Hinkie so he can return their basketball team to Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, uh, you know, I hadn't seen the Cleveland Cavaliers in two years, but, uh, did you just, did you just say the Cleveland, the Cleveland, the, the Cleveland. Cleveland, the Cleveland, <laughs> the Cleveland. <laughs> I haven't seen the yeah. Cleveland Cavaliers hey. in, in a couple of years since our divorce. Hey. But uh but they knocked on my door this morning and I saw them begging on their kneels. Yo, uh what if um like like how can um uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers win win their court case? <laughs> court case. They're gonna need some strong <laughs> litigation from uh from uh James Smith and Thompson. The uh, the law firm. So here's Dude, here's the other the other part of this that I think is really interesting um, is so because Kyrie is is young and he's a flat earther and is a kind of kind of weird. I think everyone basically assumed when he wanted to be traded that he was an immature kid who with an ego basically right like i think that was that's fair to say that that was pretty much the public perception of him when he wanted out yeah why why would anyone not want to play with lebron not want to be on this team that goes to the finals every year uh but he's starting to look like the smart one now isn't he because like this team had some maybe did have some issues last year and certainly had issues on defense at times but Dude, is it kind of like is it kind of like uh, he saw the sinking ship like it was going to be and decided just to play his way out of it? Yeah, like obviously he kind of like a like a job. Yeah, like I think he he couldn't have known obviously that they were going to necessarily trade him to Boston, but things really couldn't have worked out much better for him and for the Celtics or, because essentially or for age. Yeah, because the Celtics essentially, in essence, crippled their biggest rival by doing this trade because IT just doesn't doesn't have it right now. And uh, Jay Crowder wasn't that good either, by the way. Uh, he was 
Well, but he you know fit what? in with uh, Brad Stevens' scheme, though. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you'd think he's a, like a 3 and D guy. You'd think that kind of skill would translate to almost any team. Every team needs one of those guys or, or multiples uh, or just the entire team if you're the Rockets. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. Um, I guess. Let me see. What, what, what was going on with this? Um it's just Kyrie, just the great player. I don't know what the um, the I don't know what the deal is with Cleveland now. I guess uh, like oh, oh, I think I know. What I was gonna say um, like would this go down in history? Like the uh, Kyrie for it, like the it for uh, Kyrie trade? Would this be known as? Does this have like that type of magnitude of like? the trade, like the Herschel Walker trade? I think basketball's version of that like, has got to be the the Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett for four first-round picks trade, though. Because that, more than anything else, <laughs> set up everything the Celtics are doing now. And, uh... But what... But what about Scottie Pippen to the Bulls? I mean, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Pippen. <laughs> Yo, have you seen Scotty Pippen's face though? With his nose? My gosh, that note that is a honker. <laughs> Yo, he make, he makes me think of uh Shock G's Alter Ego Humpty. That's what he makes me think of with that nose. <laughs> See uh, let's let our listeners decide which one of us is a giant nerd. There's a Hobbit character in Lord of the Rings named Pippin, and that's who I always think of when people talk about Scotty Pippin. Oh, my girlfriend's not, um, uh, she has like a, like a cat at her parents' house named Pippin. I guess yeah. named after that character. And I, and I always remember that cat's name because I think of Scotty Pippin. <laughs> See, there you go. Some, it, it, like, sometimes, I, sometimes, sometimes I'd be like, hey, Scotty Pippin, how you doing? <laughs> Just start calling the cat Scotty, and no one can figure out why. <laughs> Scotty Pippen. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like, where? So, where do the Cavs go from here? They do they go to the finals again? I mean, I just have. I can't see it. That's kind of what. That's kind of where I was. Where I was going, asking like, because like I can't even. Like I said, I have never seen a team do this remake. You know, eighty or. 75% of its roster or whatever mid-season. So there just there is no precedent for this that I can think of. Um but if anybody can get to the uh, the finals after this like shuffling, like this this great magnitude of shuffling, it's LeBron James. Yeah. I mean, if, if he can't do it, no one can. Yeah. I mean, definitely like there's always the potential for LeBron to go nuclear in a series. And and win win the dang thing all by himself with you know he just about did it he just about did it a few years ago when they played against the um um the Warriors the first time around yeah in the finals yeah I mean so it is possible and I think they were not going anywhere with that defense like LeBron did hit that crazy game winner the other night in that game where they set the record for NBA uh, threes all time but. They're not going to win many games 
giving up 138 points. That's just not not going to happen. So <laughs> something needed to change. I mean, look. And I mean, look what happened with look what happened with the Patriots. Like your quarterback gives like 505 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions, and you and lose. still loses the game. Yeah, because you just literally cannot cannot stop the other team. And you know, I really want to get uh, more more Twitter followers for our account. So uh, listeners, follow us because um, uh, I posted I posted on there today that uh, the Cavaliers basically did. What I do in Madden franchise mode when I got frustrated, just trade away half the team. <laughs> I, I remember like getting mad one time because my quarterback threw two interceptions in the Super Bowl and I lost. So I just traded my quarterback for the first overall pick in the offseason and drafted a new quarterback. <laughs> wait, wait, was that against the um was that when you when I saw you lose to the Bengals? Was that was that like the kick return for the touchdown or something? I I don't know, but I remember you. I remember one Super Bowl you lost to the Bengals. I I remember one where the game was tied with like one second left, and I gave off. I gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown. That might have been that game. <laughs> uh, I also lost a Super Bowl on a hail mary one time. Anyway, man, this really has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but. Uh, but yeah. Doesn't matter, it's the charm of it. Let's do like a run, just like a quick run through of like, I guess the games were quick. Like, uh, well, what was it? Like, it was Jacksonville and Jacksonville Buffalo after like, what, over like, what, 18 years since they made the playoffs and they just laid like a stinker. I'll be honest, I did not really watch that game. I watched it until it just like, when no one just didn't really score. And then when Jacksonville just basically scored like, like that late touchdown, I was like, yeah. I was, I was rooting so much for Tyrod Taylor because I love, I love T Mobile. But the Bills just find new and interesting ways to screw him over. And I hope he, like, goes to a real team. I hope he, like, I hope, like, Casey Cam, like, moves on from the Vikings and they pick and pick up, uh, uh, Tyrod. Okay. And then, and then, and then, um, uh, what's, what's his name? Uh, uh, for, for the Vikings. What's his name? Quarterback. Bradford Bridgewater. Bridgewater. And then Bridgewater ends up going to the Bills. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. Side note. I completely forgot about T-Mobile. Is that the greatest nickname in sports? Is that the greatest active nickname? Yes, and you know what? You know what's the biggest travesty? How like how has T-Mobile like the actual like wireless company not jumped on that? No fucking shit. <laughs> Why? I know he's had commercials, but I don't remember a T-Mobile commercial. T-Mobile executive. T-Mobile. T-Mobile executives, we know you're listening. Please reach out to us and explain why the fuck you haven't endorsed why you haven't endorsed Tyrod Taylor. Um, what would that? What was that? that do, 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 do. <laughs> I am definitely not going to put that in our show because uh, I'm sure we will get sued for that. Like not that we would if we get but. if we got endorsed and paid for it. Huh. <laughs> like we sell it. would be like our sellout moment we, if we did. <laughs> hey, by the way, have you tried Blue Apron? Mm. Literally, literally, you hear Blue Apron ads on literally every podcast now. For whatever yeah. reason, 
that's the media space oh, they've just they've decided to advertise. And in. if you uh, advertise, if you like do sports videos on YouTube, uh, one of the common ones is Seat Geek. Yeah, you see a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like your name tree, he does like uh, Seat Geek KTO. He's uh, he's also sponsored K, uh, uh, Seat Geek. I need uh, to try like I need to uh, try that and see how that yeah. how that works. It sounds interesting. Sounds interesting. I'm just I don't live near enough any sporting events to really warrant it. But well, close thing um, is the Panthers. Yeah, true. But then again, the um, playoffs. Dang. But uh, but no, it's like it's like Blue Apron, Casper mattresses, and so Casper? it's like all these products that I I've never heard of. Wait, but are these like Casper like friendly ghost mattresses, like <laughs> like you lay on it and you just fall right through it. <laughs> it's, just, it's a non-existent mattress. <laughs> that would be. I'm it's like of, it's like you're laying on air, literally, literally, <laughs> and then you just break something when you hit the floor. Like your hip. Anyway, God. Oh. Um. So the Bills, anyway, yeah. T-Mobile, uh, write in, uh, listeners, write in, and uh, if there is a better fucking nickname currently in sports, let us know because I can't think of one that's like, better than T-Mobile. I still like AK forty-seven. Yeah, but he's he's not active anymore, is he? No, I'm talking like nicknames of active players. Oh, okay, that's still still is a cool nickname. Because like, if you go for all-time nicknames. It's going to be something from, like, the 1880s in MLB, right? It's going to be, like, some guy named, like, Three Finger Brown is great. Um, <laughs> or it's going to be some guy, there was a guy, they talked about this. Billy White Shoes Johnson. Like, like the kick returner. Like, was oh, it for the yeah. Houston Oilers? Billy White Shoes Johnson. <laughs> they, they talked about this on Effectively Wild, which now I'm just blatantly stealing material from other podcasts. But, brief, brief mention. Uh, there was this guy who played on the Yankees in the 60s, kind of towards the end of Mickey Mantle's career, who would always pinch run for him, and his nickname was literally Mickey's Legs. <laughs> Which is just, just amazing. Anyway, seriously, write and tell us if, if there's a better nickname in sports than T-Mobile. T-Mobile. Of active players. T-Mobile. Um, anyways, uh, so, so that happened. The other one that I want to highlight from round one... Because I think this is proof that some there's some sort of Red Sea parting happening for New England because uh, everyone kind of was looking at the AFC and thinking it was going to be the Steelers or the Chiefs that were going to have sort of the best chance of oh, knocking off the Patriots. Oh, the Tennessee Titans. And, and their first round game against Tennessee – it was a 28-3 to situation that happened there where just a crazy second-half rally by Marcus Mariota in that running game with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. Henry. And, um, and then the defense rose up and, like, shut them out in the second half. Yeah, which you would not think the Titans' defense would be capable of anything they close do, to they that. They actually but. have, like, a decent defense this year. They actually had a decent defense this year. Just the offense was inconsistent. And then Mariota was, like, bothered with the hamstring. Yeah. And, like they just weren't really a potent offense. The rookies, I guess, weren't really picking it up as well and all. It was a real load of malarkey. He's gone. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was like oh, oh Mike Frable, man. Like Mister Mister yeah. Goal Line. Yeah, He's, yo, I was gonna say the can greatest. He, can he like come in with shoulder pads and then like go in and, like if they play receiver the and just play receiver be <laughs> tackle eligible? Dude. Uh... <laughs> That's what. That's all they need. That's all Mario needs. He needs that weapon there. <laughs> uh, my favorite. That's one of my favorite trivia's ever. And I think something that's kind of you wouldn't remember unless you were watching a lot of football back then. But Mike Vrabel 
is statistically the greatest receiver of all time because he has like six career catches for six touchdowns and that's it. Oh, so he never dropped one. He never he never dropped one. There was wow. never an incompletion uh, on one of those plays. They got every single one. Gronk, uh, Mike, Mike Vray Gronk. Oh, God. <laughs> remember when they were trying to... Remember, like... Uh, or Mike Gronkle. Remember, like, two years ago, they were, like, actually trying to have, like, J.J. Watt just go out and, like, catch passes in the goal He line. did do that. Yeah. And he was good at... I remember that wonderful... <laughs> there was a really great supercut. Not a, not a supercut. That's not what a supercut is. There was a really great, like, isolated camera on Watt where they showed him he got a huge sack... Uh, to like force a fourth down or whatever. It was one of those games that Titans just demolished somebody where JJ Watt basically just demolished someone all by himself. And, uh, he gets a sack. He gets up. He goes and sits on the bench for about 30 seconds. And then the tight, the Texans immediately got a huge gain all the way down to the goal line. And he was like, Oh, shit, I'm in the goal line set. And he had to immediately get back and run back onto the field wow. to, uh, to go score. Man, he is a great player, and it's very sad he, that he's he sat a good, out. He's a good guy too. Like when he raised all that money, yeah, in Houston. Yeah, I, 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 I'm overly critical of him just because I, I find his personality annoying. But he's, he, he's, he's, he's like a good a, guy. He kind of like he kind of like has that feeling of a bro, don't he? Yeah, but he's a good guy. He, yeah, he's he, he's a great player. Like, man, I wish he was on our team. He absolutely deserves deserves to be to be man of the year for all the all the stuff that he he did for the charities down there in Houston. That was. That was really outstanding. Much, much better than the what he did a lot better than what Houston did, like in the, for that first week of football when they just absolutely like just you know like and like and like crapped themselves on the field and like had that they got demolished that first game. The thing to try to keep them away from from all that, and then like they just like were show like a sad sight of football yeah. instead. <laughs> so. um but yeah. uh, okay, we we can we can move on from. I don't even know how we got to JJ Watt, but uh, so so that game happened. So the team that was more capable of beating New England, uh, I guess we'll just go AFC and then NFC, and we'll break it down that way. Yeah, um, I, I was just I think that was like one of the most exciting games I saw like in the playoffs, like that Titans game. The Titans just coming yeah. back. I love that. That was I love Mariota and I Mary- and I love Henry. Finally, they gave Henry. Like the ball, and they treated him like a bell cow running back. Like, and it just came at the expense of Demarco Murray being hurt. We buried the lead. Mariota completing a fucking touchdown pass to, to himself. To himself. If you, I'll I'll see if I can find a link to this and Is put Mariotta it in the description. Better than have to see, uh, better than have the receivers take out a team. <laughs> I'll, I'll put a link to this play in the description if you haven't seen it. I'm sure you have, but watch it again because it's hilarious. And he uh, dove into the end zone. Yeah, he <laughs> didn't he like do I mean, like a somersault or something. In the end zone? <laughs> that is, in my opinion, the greatest, the best kind of highlight is the one where someone describes what happened, literally what happened in the play to you, and you're like, "How the hell did that happen? How do you do?" You know. That? How you just say Marcus Mariota completed a touchdown pass to himself? It sounds like uh, it sounds like something like a cartoon because I remember one time yeah. like an episode of Doug Chalky Studebaker would like call his own play, and then he just he just threw the ball up in the air. He ran it around the like the offense and defensive lines, ran his own route and caught it, and he almost scored a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah, it was like that. It was like a cartoon, but um. Oh man, but uh, okay. So those were the what wild card week games. 
Uh, the divisional like, like the uh, Atlanta and so oh yeah we're doing AFC first yeah okay. the divisional round came along and uh, the pa- uh, Patriots and Titans we had pa- Patriots and Titans Patriots were a real team to and be honest the Titans to be honest I really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to that game either because it was just a very routine New England playoff blowout I I, um, I paid attention to it because it was like the one game like uh, my girlfriend was actually like kind of talking some trash to me because like, oh, we're, cause she's, she's a cause Titans she from, fan. Cause she from, uh, she from Nashville and she, uh, she was rooting for those Titans and, uh, and she had something to gloat about with, um, when they scored that, that first seven. But then like when we ran like those two touchdowns together and then like she fell asleep and then we eventually just ended up like winning like 35 to 14. <laughs> and she was kind of mad because she's like, y'all always win. Like I'll never see like my team like win and stuff. I'm like, they got good pieces. I guess she's just like tired of the, uh, of, you know, the Titans like, like not measuring up and then the, and the pages yeah. keep on, do, keep it on, keep it on. But I mean, That'll that that'll kind of build towards our larger point with this segment, but uh, it was kind of like when like uh, what, what was it the divisional round? Like, it might it made me think of like that a couple few years ago with the divisional round. Remember when the Broncos played the Patriots when they had Tim Tebow? You knew yeah. the Patriots were gonna beat them. It was not. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of like that. It was a very fluke. And you think about it, that game, the game that where Tebow threw for three sixteen. And all that. That was a very Pittsburghy kind of game, wasn't it? Because they played down to what was. I'm, Ooh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Like, I'm gonna say it. That Broncos team was not very good. It just wasn't. Then they they had a great they defense. They read the triple is, option. Oh, but that's all that can really be said. And about they had that a great team. kicker. Matt Pritter was like and kicking like fifty, like yeah. like like a high fifty, like sixty yarders and stuff. So so many things had to go right for the Broncos to even have a chance of winning games because of how fucking bad Tebow was. I, I'll never forget when I saw like um, a regular season game between them and the Chiefs. It was like a seven to six game. I remember and I, that. And I was like. How, and he he ended up winning that game, I think, right? No, he they lost. They oh, lost, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the most one of the most boring games I ever watched. But it's like there's been some revisionist history about that. Now go back and just look up some of those box scores from the games that Tebow started. He was bad at football. Remember when he was like two for ten in one game? Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like that. And like people people talk shit on Bortles now. Bortles can complete an NFL like fifteen yard out. He can't do it consistently, but he can do it. Tebow couldn't do it at all. Like, he literally could not make routine NFL quarterback throws. You know, the only thing that, uh, and the main thing that bailed him out was Demarius Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> and even that play, that was Demarius Thomas. Like, Demarius. 85% of that play was Demarius, Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas. Anyway, I fucking hate Tim Tebow. Anyway, the point is. Is this baseball thing that's still going? Or is he did he quit baseball? He got a spring training invite from the Mets. Oh, cool. <laughs> They're doing it for the stuff. Of course. Of course. Uh, but um, so anyway. So, okay, so you mentioned Steelers. So, so perfect transition to how about them Steelers? How about it, Yenzers? What <laughs> happened, man? You, you you said it. They played down to their competition. Has that squad punted away? How many how many winnable games has that team like just punted away due to just kind of yeah, just like incompetence and moments they were and looking bad to- play calling and uh, they were, as a lot of people have said, including your name tree, they were looking way too ahead. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the paint. Uh, we're going to go to Foxborough. We're going to kick their, we're going to kick their butts from here, the Timbuktu, and we're going to go to the Super Bowl. We're going to win it. And, uh, let me win a Super Bowl with you. 
Oh my gosh. Not likely. But man, like, but the thing is, they, all that talent, how you have all that talent and blow it the way they do. They should, like, you give, can you imagine if the Pages had, like, that type of receiver? Give form? Tom Brady fucking Antonio, Antonio Brown, Brown Martavis Brian, Bell, and Juju Smith Schuster. And Le'Veon. All like, of them. What? I just can't. I cannot fathom. Dude, can you imagine having Le'Veon Bell and, like, uh, oh, and can you imagine having, like, Le'Veon Bell and, um, uh, James White in, like, what, like, a, was, like, a, like, like, a shotgun split or something? Yeah. Oh, my god. Who's gonna Match catch up, it? Matchup nightmare. But, and if you think about it, the only reason Pittsburgh even had a chance in kind of the late stages of that game was that Antonio Brown single-handedly did like some, kept them in the game. Did almost the equivalent of like draining full court three, like a full court three. You know what I mean? Like he just came up with the most ridiculous catches and they just kept like Roethlisberger was just kind of throwing it down the field, which is what they do. But, but you know what I mean? Like they essentially needed three or four, like 0.01 percentile kind of plays to Man. even stay in that game yeah, because also, it was so bad. And he also has some questionable so like play calls too, like like those two fourth down ones, They're, a jet sweep, and then they yeah. got stopped, and then like, hey, let's do like a play action, and then they like, throw an incomplete pass. Their clock management was not great. <laughs> and so then, it's, it's and a then, lot like, of the, and then like the ball placement stuff that led to turnovers, and so it's all of those things are combined, you know. And, and I mean, I'm I'm just <sighs> upset about the Steelers just. Wasting all that talent because, like, on paper, they had like the best offense in the league easily. Yep. Easily, I mean, they should they should have at least been to one Super Bowl by now. And I mean, you do have to. So, like, one of the interesting stats that I remembered going into that game, uh, was that because everyone was kind of everyone else was kind of looking forward to the Patriots Steelers matchup. That what was, they said that is going to be a good one. The last few years, the Steelers' big three of Ben. Uh, Le'Veon and uh, Brown. and Brown, or I guess just Le'Veon and Brown specifically. The big uh, bees. They said that um, they said that they had basically never played the Patriots where they'd had all of those guys healthy at the same time, and so it was kind of like, yeah, we're really looking forward to seeing what they could actually do. Well, they're gonna have to wait uh, again. They're gonna have to wait again because I mean, they lost. How and, like how do you overlook the Jacksonville Jaguars? After they kicked your butts big time in week five, how? Like, I think they just. I think maybe they saw. They how thought bad, it was a fluke. I think maybe they saw how bad Blake Bortles looked in that first playoff game, and they were just like, "Oh, we got this." But you, you're not like your offense is not playing against Blake Bortles. It's playing against Jalen Ramsey and them and Clayus Campbell. Yeah. You, I, I don't. I Blake Bortles, all, all he has to do is make sure he doesn't spontaneously combust when he's getting ready to on like unload a, unload the football. I can't. I can't justify it, man. It's messed up. And he played well. Wait, what? Wait, what? You can't justify what? what I can't it? justify how bad they were. But it, but it's like he made the, the he made the plays when he needed to though. Yeah, he did. Like I, I give him credit. Like and then the following and then the next round he made some made some plays that he needed to. Yeah. But it's just one of those things where like Pittsburgh they that sh- they sh- that should have been their game to win, but but it they just underperformed and then just they let it slip. And then I, I honestly I felt like the better team won. Like yep. the better playing team won. Yep. And you know, that's what it 
ultimately always boils down to, right, is, you know, it's who's playing the best. And they, that is a, that is a team that routinely plays down to their competition, routinely kind of maybe doesn't quite all the way show up in, uh, in big games and all that stuff. And you can't do that. Man. You just can't do that. Yeah, do it. Um, so are we talking like, so we stay with the AFC, so one, a- one, AFC championship. So game, AFC right? championship. Uh, I, man, that was a thriller, wasn't it? You know, that's, uh, I got that giants feeling all over again. I, <laughs> it's so funny. It's, it's not even so much us as Patriots fans. And I think it's because we were just so traumatized by Eli Manning. That <laughs> a weird thing happens in these. And Coughlin, in these, Coughlin did. A weird thing happens during these Patriots comebacks where we're always convinced they're going to lose, but everyone else is always convinced they're going to win. Yeah, and even my girlfriend's like, don't worry, they're going to be fine in her sarcastic voice, but she knew they're going to be fine. I'm like, shut up. No, they're like, they're doing terrible, and I don't see it going anytime too soon, but I can't. I just kept on watching, kept on watching, and kept on watching. I think of that scene from the, I think of that scene from the Matrix where, um, where Agent Smith is about to kill Neo. He's holding his face up in front of the train and he says, hear that, Mr. Anderson, that is the sound of inevitability. And, uh, wow. when you're watching the Patriots kind of, when you're watching the Patriots march down the field and just seeing how the defense gets gassed and then just, I just I don't understand how he does it. I really don't. Tom Brady's the best ever. Now people say like the and referees is the re- I, I will give you like that one towards the end of the uh, the first half. I thought that was a terrible one. I, I, that wasn't really passing interference, but like I'm pretty yeah. certain they were holding us all game that we we were probably bound for. And plus they probably threw us a ball because our best player got taken out the entire game. So, like, you took, like, our best offensive player outside of, like, Brady, even though it was, like, incidental contact. You know, he was trying to go yeah. for the ball and stuff. We, we, I apologize, Barry Church. I had, like, some bitter feelings towards you, but I saw it again in, like, full speed. And it, I mean, it's a good hit. Y'all yeah. just made contacts with each other's helmets. And, you know, that's textbook call. But it, I it just, I guess I'm just want Gronk to be healthy for a Super Bowl for once. But, yeah. Yeah. I, we rewatched we, we the play before we started recording. And, I apologize, Barry Church. It's a style of play that I don't like because I think a lot of times you turn your body into like a cannonball to hit someone and then they just kind of spin and bounce off of you. I see that a lot. (laughs) And, and I just, I don't, I don't understand. I don't get where loading up to just absolutely demolish somebody is necessarily the same thing as tackling them, but whatever. I, I sound like a, I sound like a suburban dad. Uh, a conservative suburban Wait, dad complaining. I sound like a suburb, uh, conservative suburban dad complaining about showboats. You're a suburban cat. Like you're you're a superb, superb, You're a suburban dad to like to your cats. That's true. Well, yeah. no, this isn't really suburbs though. We're you grew really, up in a suburb though. That's true. That's true. <laughs> anyway, but but the Jag like Jags fans and like uh, football fans and Jags players like complain about the referees and stuff. Like yeah, bad calls happen, and well, like and like people are saying like this conspiracy about the Patriots like paying off referees. But here's the thing, you, like here's the thing we like if that was the case, here's one thing we couldn't pay off for. Oh, uh, Jackson will give up a third and eighteen to Danny Amendola. Well, to be honest, or Blake Boyle's like not coming down the stretch and getting a couple first downs to seal the game. And I don't know. I mean, 
You can accuse me of being a Patriots homer. That's fine. But I generally feel like I'm able to, especially in retrospect, kind of evaluate things rationally. Um, I felt like you could, you could look at those two individual calls and, and kind of nitpick whether or not they really should have been called. I didn't but, like the first, like the first one wasn't that great. No. But overall, throughout the whole game, I generally felt like the refs kind of were letting them play on the outside. They, they really were. On both sides. Like the, the Patriots corners were playing very physical too. And it generally seemed to me like, for mo like there were several plays that I saw that I was like, oh, that's definitely PI, and then it wasn't. Yeah, called. that's what I thought. So on, and again, I, I want to say like going both directions, it just was a really physical game on the outside. And how about that? And, play? I, and I think early on that really contributed to a lot of the struggles with the the Patriots' offense in the first half. Mm-hmm. And and then they had a ten point lead like in the fourth quarter. And yeah, and, you and, and they couldn't protect it. Yep, and. All of that defense stuff is for naught if you can't if you can't get there. Well, to be fair and, though, they lost like two like their main guy. Like they lost Miles Jack and they lost like another guy from their line. Yeah. Like down but the stretch. It was You still you still gotta be able to play sixty, man. And your defense has to your offense has to be able to move the ball. And they didn't and, at the end. In the fourth quarter they didn't. But yeah, like the all, but the first three quarters they kept moving like the little the little like screens or that little roll that roll out and then throw it to like the fullback yeah. or tight end. <laughs> and the the guys on the Ringer NFL show, which is a very good listen if you want actual real analysis of football instead of what we're doing. But um, what they said is they the the Jaguars play calling, especially in the second half on offense, That's got everything. very predictable. They had a set number of plays that they felt confident about. And they basically, for like three drives in a row, just tried the same thing. I mean, play action. They don't really have like run. that much of a potent offense, though. So yeah, yeah. What I mean is that they they basically had about three quarters worth of like stuff Roll to out. do, and then it was at Dude, that point they started getting predictable, yeah, and that's you. when and that's when Belichick's defense kind of started to clamp down yeah. on them. That's exactly how they. I- that's exactly how I play Madden. Actually, when I when I play my Ultimate Team, I do like I'll like do like a play action and I'll roll out with my Kirk Cousins and I'll like throw it to like my tight end or my running back. Yep. I basically played Jacksonville's playbook. That's how that's my style of play. And then I'm and then I'm screwed when like when I have my face on a human opponent that can shut that down <laughs> and then I throw like an interceptions. Dude, uh, <laughs> brief brief segment idea that I thought of and I forgot to write down, but we'll maybe do another time because we, we're pretty full up for this episode. But yeah, playoffs. Um, we should go back to my old Madden franchise for the Eldrayans and look at the stats. Oh man, because like Antonio Short, Antonio Short, and Jesse Terrell. Jesse Terrell. <laughs> I at one point I had a season where my lead receiver had fifty three touchdown catches. And my quarterback had 100 mm. touchdown passes, Yo, and I my team went 19 and 0. Didn't like, uh, <laughs> like didn't like Tom Brady or like somebody or did like or is it Tom Brady or was it Donovan McNabb that had like a like a career ending injury? It was McNabb. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. It was like the second year of that of that universe. So what you need to in do in that universe, D Mac had a career ending injury in like 2007. Dang. What you need is like you need to find a way to like 
make your like have that jersey made online and shipped to you and you can just rock an Eldrazen jersey. Oh man, a Jesse Terrell. Jesse Terrell. Man. That would be so funny. I'll be your Detalio short. Oh man. <laughs> but like, man, uh, Yeah, I'll have to I'm sure there's a company that makes like custom football jerseys or something. I want like I'm a, sure for a I lot of like money, a, but I want a custom Miami Sharks jersey with Willie Beeman on the back. That would be great. Be, but like, I'm I, sure somebody's made that. I'm pretty, like, I saw Harder. someone wear, wear like a Bear Lair like Academy jersey with Smith on the back. Like it was an actual jersey, like from the show. I like it. But like uh, the close out the AFC Championship game, that was a nail buyer. And like I have like newfound respect for Jacksonville. Yeah, there. I think. Like and like yeah, like Jalen Ramsey's cocky, but he's also confident. This is this I see is, him going places and leading that team next uh next yeah, few years. I I saw a person that I won't name, uh, but definitely a denizen of what I would call conservative parent Facebook, who was complaining about Jacksonville being quote showboats or something or being whiny, and I just didn't see it. They they were like, Look, yeah, they got us. You know, we, we're not sure how it happened, but, you know, but it's like, cause like, what, what else do you expect a team to do going into that situation where they're clearly not favored at all? Do you expect them when they're talking to the media to be like, yeah, yeah, they're going to kick our asses. Like, <laughs> like, how else are you supposed to respond? No, we think we're going to win. You play to win the game. No one called. Okay. Hello. In 2007, when Eli Manning and the Giants guys got off the plane wearing all black because they were showing up to bury the Patriots' dynasty, no one called them showboats or crybabies. And then, and like in the meantime, like um, we are like the evil empires in the Super Bowl again. Yes. All right, man. This is taking a lot longer than I thought. It's okay. So we'll, it's playoffs, man. We'll try to we'll try to do quick hitters on the rest of these. So we're gonna we're gonna go through the NFC. Um, Falcons, Rams. Rams underperform. Um, Atlanta yeah. showed up with their defense and made enough offensive plays as the, like than they the, like, that that he needed, and they um they did it. And the, I, and I still still think uh, uh Sarkeesian is still like uh, hitting the sauce with his play calling. Yeah. Next, the the McVay magic ran out. Uh, the the male model Sean McVay, <laughs> thirty years old. Um, Jeez, man, what a life. What a life. Uh, okay. Saints uh, and Panthers. Saints, Panthers. That was a real interesting one because anybody Cam, who's not Devin Funches or uh, Greg Olson cannot catch the football. One of those games <laughs> where if it was a 65-minute game, the Panthers would have won easily. But it was just like they, they ran out of time. They missed, and they, I mean, they had a lot of miscues. It's like, yeah, we're gonna we are going to like stop the run game. Oh, yeah, by the way, we're just going to let Drew Brees just carve us like a jack-o'-lantern. That whole game. It is Drew Brees, though. It like, is Drew Brees. Like, but that, but it is Luke Keekley. It is Thomas Davis. But like that throw that he made to um to Michael Thomas to ice the game. That's one of the dirtiest things I've ever seen anybody do to a football. Do with a football. <laughs> Other than maybe uh, Doug Baldwin's uh, shitting on the football uh, <laughs> celebration in the Super Bowl a few oh years ago. Gosh. But like. That was you can't defend that. There's no there's no defense. Dude, he for that threw throw. them open like they were covered, and yeah. Drew Brees just put it where it needed to go. Drew Brees the whole every time every play. Drew Brees, man, Drew Brees might be the third best quarterback of all time. Like we have been so unbelievably Drew, Drew spoiled Brees, by this era. Drew and Brees needs 
needs at least like an, another like ring. Like he needed, yeah. he needed like at least another ring. It's like a travesty that he you don't have more than one because this, of how good he is. This was probably his last best chance at uh, one, but we'll see though because they what they basically needed was they needed a miracle from the draft to kind of become a competitive team again because they needed so much help on defense and they got one. And then they also um, got uh, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, that so they too. actually got that yeah. run game they needed. So, so they were they were like the most complete as they were like. Since that Super Bowl run, so they're not they're not reliant on Breeze to be one hundred percent of their offense anymore. Wait, random so, thought was was Derek like was Darren Sharper on that team? Yeah, he was. Ugh, I'm not was. I'm not getting into that. You could Google him and stuff like that. We're not getting into that because like I've seen enough of that and it's it, it just makes me sick it's, to my stomach. It's uh it's messed up. Anyway, oh the bow um, the oh sorry, divisional round the, Eagles the bow the birds Eagles Falcons uh. I Two don't defenses, think, and then like uh, Matt Ryan, like going back to vintage Ryan form in the playoffs. I think we got to go with that play calling too. That uh, that was that was Sarkeesian, right? That was Sarkeesian hit the sauce yet again. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> I don't think we really need to linger on that very much. Oh, and then that like was uh, just sad. And Napoleon Dynamite like made just enough plays. Yeah. Dude, no, no, Nick Foles just looked like Napoleon Dynamite, as people say, man. I see. If you gave him those dorky glasses, if you gave him like the that the like the curly hair BBs or something, that's totally him, man. Dude, <laughs> all he's missing is Pedro, like the as that's class president. See, the and problem is, and, and uh, he's also missing a love interest, but he's probably married. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm gonna have to. Actually, I really don't want to Google this. But I'm just thinking of that that uh, thing that Deadsman ran years ago during the original Foles run, where one of his teammates said in an interview that he had the biggest dong on the team. Well, I mean they they do shower uh, shower around each other, I mean, so they probably his, would know. His teammates would know, but I just <laughs> plus he's the goddamn quarterback. <laughs> anyway, we really don't being quarterback. He had magical powers, probably include that. We really don't need to linger on my insistence on immaturity. Um, okay, the real main event is the best game of the playoffs, regardless of what happens in the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Uh, Viking Saints. Oh, uh, for me, it was a it was a great game, especially like well, I didn't. I mean, to be honest, I didn't really watch much of it because like I, I saw like the Vikings were in control, but then Shame. but then when I start watching like the third quarter, it's like okay, look, they just started scoring. Started getting a little interesting, and then oh, they just scored again. Next thing, you know, oh my gosh, they're ahead. Then the Vikings go ahead again. Oh wait, y'all just left too much time on the clock for Drew Brees. Lo and behold, uh, Lutz hits. Uh, they get him in field goal range. Lutz gets it. Oh, they've iced this thing. And then uh, Marcus Williams uh, just uh, w- uh, just whiffed, and um, uh, Stephon Diggs just goes all the way. And he likes like I think someone was like describing him like kind of like uh, uh what was his name um Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character in uh, Jerry Maguire Ted Will. So this is the part where I admit to you that I've never actually seen that movie, <laughs> oh, which man. I feel like is sacrilege. As a sports I mean, all it was is like he, he like scene was he caught like a touchdown. He got hit, and it was like a he got hit like he scored a touchdown, but he was like on the field for a while, so he was like injured, I guess. But he got up. He was alert oriented. He got up, 
people were like giving a standing ovation, like I guess for catching the touchdown and for being saying, Hey, you're okay. And next you know it for like about like he has like this three or four minute like celebration like on the field, him holding the football and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but like so that's what it made me think of, but it was like a walk off touchdown. So So um, but I think the wrong the wrong team won. The wrong team won. I have I have two thoughts about this. Thought number one, this is maybe and again, this is on the heels of last year's Super Bowl. This is my favorite win probability graph that I've ever seen oh, in my no. life. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna walk through it here. It's all Minnesota for the whole game. At one point, Minnesota peaks at 99.5% to win in about the third <laughs> quarter. All right, some stuff happens. Some stuff happens. It ticks back. Yeah. Then, then there's the Mark the Mark Ingram uh, touchdown mm. that brings it to – that brings it – that was uh, the fourth quarter, about four minutes left, that brought New Orleans to uh, 14, I believe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That, brought, that put New Orleans ahead. So it, it swung it. Just forty, just thirty five percent on that one play. Good deal, man. So it went, yeah, it went from all Minnesota down to the Saints. Then it kind of hung out in the middle for a while, and then Minnesota spiked again right when they kicked the field goal. And then it went back really hard after the, uh, I believe after the New Orleans. I'm not sure what play this is. Okay, yeah, that's the Kai Forbath. Kai Forbath hit uh, the field, field goal, goal, and then Will Lutz um, like hit a field goal. Yeah, and then the Will Lutz field goal put it at. Uh, uh, okay, there it is. Yeah, it put it at. Um, put it at uh, t- uh, point ten per. Or, I'm sorry, point one uh, percent to win for for uh, Minnesota. <laughs> Or I guess 99, literally 99.9% uh, for, for New Orleans. And then and then that play happens. And, uh, and then they win. It's, the second thought is How? that's the football version of the Joey Bautista backflip. Which is, I'll give it up. in my opinion, maybe it's not like the greatest MLB playoff game of all time, but is... Maybe the greatest moment ever um, for that franchise, especially because they just have had no success basically since since they won the World Series in I think '93. Oh no, man! Um, like Jesus hitting like a um, a grand slam like uh, for Boston. Yeah, I don't know, man. Although, <laughs> side note: go and fucking watch rewatch Game Five of the goddamn World Series. That is the weirdest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. What, from this past year? Yeah. That, maybe that was a better comp for this game. This, the Saints Vikings game is that game where Dodgers up 4 nothing with Kershaw on the mound, lose, but not just lose, have three different two run leads that they immediately yielded back to just ridiculous three run homers Man. and all of the crazy shit that happened, um, in that game. And it was 12. 12 to 11 or something in 12 innings <laughs> that that's maybe one of the, maybe not even the greatest baseball game ever, but just the weirdest, just utterly bizarre. Anyway, no, you Darvish included. <laughs> anyway, this is, we, I watched the whole game with Amanda too. So we both sat there and we both literally just kind of like stared at each other in silence after that happened. Like how the hell did that just happen? How? It's got to be like one of the greatest like moments I've ever seen in football. Yeah. It's 
To be honest, I don't necessarily disagree with all of the countdowns that are saying it's the greatest finish ever because, like, apparently that's never happened, too, by the way. There's never been a walk-off touchdown uh, in 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 uh, regulation in an NFL playoff game ever. I believe it. There's been walk-off field goals, obviously. There's been touchdowns in overtime to win, like last year, but there's never been a... There's never been a walk-off touchdown with no time on no, the clock. When you say, like, overtime, I'm just, I'm still replaying that, like, that James White touchdown at the end. Wayne's jite. Yeah. But then, like... But then the NFC Championship happened, and it was completely anticlimactic yeah. and almost one guy not was saying, worth... Like, the, like, there's one guy was saying, the Minneapolis, like, uh, your Nathan Tree had on his Twitter, like, the uh, the Minneapolis Miracle last week, then this, this week we're talking about here... The uh the Minnesota mass like the Minneapolis massacre. Yep, it like, was. That's what that's what made me think like the Saints like would have been the more the rightful team to be in here because they would have matched up better and would have had like a better offense like the yeah to pick the Eagles apart. It was uh, worst football uh, worst playoff game I watched I saw all season. It was really taking it back old school to back in the day when it seemed like the conference championship games were always kind of clunkers or even the Super Bowls I guess. But, uh, yeah, really not a whole lot else to say about it. It was pretty much the the Vikings scored that first touchdown, and then it was just complete domination from that point forward. How does that happen? Well, I mean, I guess they can ask the Titans that. Oh, Every – there was a series of – how it happens is there were there's a series of plays throughout the game where the Vikings could have gotten back into it, and every single one went wrong. They Because they had a chance to score right before the end of the first half, they fucked that up. I can't even remember what happened because I mean, who cares? You know what helped uh, that situation? And then after, in the third quarter, they had another chance to score, and that was another turnover, I want to say. Um, you, know, you know what would have helped the Vikings? Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> he he would he would have helped make plays. <laughs> I don't even know what to say anymore. I mean, he could have helped so many playoff teams. Can you, I mean, honestly, dude, Jacksonville, like. I just struggle always against a, a, a scrambling quarterback. I, I want to be, I want to be as impartial as possible evaluating Kaepernick's football ability in retrospect. He's got but, the ability. It's just people just don't want him on their team because like a PR backlash. Well, what I mean is that like, I think, so, and I, I want to tread very lightly here, but I feel like some of the people going out in support of Kaepernick are trying to make the argument that he was like a great, great, great NFL player. And he, he was, went, he was good. Yeah. He but was he was good. not he went great. But, he went no Montana, but dang, he went no Blake boys either. But to be honest, <laughs> how many football teams this year could have benefited from having a top 15 quarterback? Think, think about like this. the Colts started Scott Tolzien. Yeah. Tolzien's got your green. Oh, Yeah. No, but yeah, it's still wondering how. And I think Jacksonville specifically, because Jacksonville kind of needed someone who could have been a playmaker, who could have pushed the ball down the field. Can you imagine option with him and Fournette? That's what I'm saying. Like, and you know, the other teams were set at quarterback, but yeah, I mean, the Eagles. Who knows? I mean, they they seem like they've got they've got their man, but yeah. I mean, Foles knows the system. He he does have he does have skill. So yeah. I'll give him that. Like he, dude, he, he really looked. He, he's, he's like Frank Reich in this, man. Yeah. he He's like Frank Reich in this. He looked horrible in the first few games that he played. Like, 
terrible. And everyone was just like, this team is done. And they they proved everybody wrong, so good on them. Um, so what happens if he wins the Super Bowl? Like, is like um, Wentz just chopped liver at this point? No, no, no. They're not going to get rid of Wentz. No okay. way. If they win the Super Bowl, he's going to go sign a $100 million contract. With the Bills. With somebody. Somebody's going to go pay him. And and I was saying that during the... Uh, during so they're the, still going to probably still pay him. I was going to... Even if he does lose, they probably still they'll, they'll probably pay him like seventy mil instead of one yeah. mil, one hundred mil. But you know what I mean? If he if he goes out and he tears it up against the Patriots, oh, he's gonna win, flacco somebody. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's gonna get the flacco contract. Um, Is he gonna which, like celebrate at McDonald's? But and because I, I was saying the same thing about Bortles too. If Bortles had pulled it off, if Bortles had actually finished off that game against New England, then it would have officially been his team. No questions asked. And they would have given him the Flacco contract, and it would have been about as undeserved it as the Flacco it contract. Flacco actually, like Flacco, actually had ability. Bortles, he has never shown it other than the 2012 postseason. Hmm. He did. I will say he did play pretty well in the uh, the Julian Edelman touchdown pass game. Flacco was pretty good in that game. But they went up like they were up like two touchdowns on two occasions on us, but. It's also not really a fair argument to be like, well, he was really good in that one game one time. Um, he's had He's been in the NFL for a long time, and he has been mostly not good. What do you want to bet? And the I, Dion Branch effect? Yeah. I really don't want to pile on the guy now, but what do you want to bet that Malcolm Butler will just somehow be way worse with some other team next year with the Saints or whatever? I mean, like, I not want to him make to this, go to another team. I uh, want him to go to another team because um, Belichick did him freaking dirty. And he should yeah. – He he. I don't want him to come back to the Patriots because, like, that was pretty dirty, and that cost us like a Super Bowl. At least, yep. at least it would have net us like fifty and less yards of like uh, giving up on passing yards. But, but yeah, he might go the way of uh, uh, Byron Maxwell. Remember him? Signed that big deal <laughs> with the with the Eagles to be their number one receipt, uh, be their number one corner, even though he was more of like a second or third corner for like the Legion of Boom, and then he just got burnt everywhere he went. Burnt. <laughs> Burnt. Anyway, we don't have to go to the Super Bowl right now. That'll be a, probably a whole episode, probably just called therapy. I'm just, I will, I will drop, I will drop this nugget though. Um, uh, congratulations, Eagles, on your very first um, Super Bowl victory. And Nick Foles, I got, I gotta give it to him, man. He went from being, he went from being in a football wasteland. He almost retired. Um, yeah, almost retiring to like win the Super Bowl MVP. You can't, you can't write, you can't uh, make this stuff up. So He's, congratulations, Nick Foles. He does deserve the uh, uh, MVP. Um, so yeah, um, He's, and Patriots maybe next year. Well, who knows? Uh, but yeah, Foles is a very good football man and has a very big wiener. Um, but but Bill Belichick for uh, not starting Butler and or not playing him at all. Belichick 
fuck Matt Patricia. Go ahead and get fired in two years by the Lions and uh, fuck the arrogance of like not playing your best players. And they would have helped you keep from getting your defense slaughtered all over the place. Because that's the only reason why they end up losing it. Special teams and defense. We we own the offensive phase. Yep. We They took care of their end of the bargain. Doesn't that kind of remind you of what happened to James Harden last year in that weird, bizarre playoff game where he just decided not to play basketball suddenly? It had well, the same kind of weird – I mean, I know that that was entirely Harden's responsibility, but you know what I mean? Like it had the same kind of weird feel to it where it was like he might as well not have played in that game because he didn't do anything. He literally stood at half court and just passed the ball to teammates and didn't do anything. It was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen a professional athlete do. And we will just never know why it happened. And I think same thing with Butler. We're really never going to know what actually happened there. Um, do you think they, they didn't want him to be a hero again so they would be forced to have to ante up again? I don't think I don't think so. I My best guess would be either he – he ran slightly afoul of one of Belichick's ridiculous Byzantine rules, or maybe he really was a lot more sick than he appeared and really wasn't in any shape to, to really play and be effective. But we really don't know. And still bearing the rose, still better than Benamosi. Yep. I mean, I mean, come on. We had, they were playing Patrick Chung and Devin McCourty at corner. They haven't played. Uh, Cordy hasn't played played corner in like five years. I mean, it's not even about stopping a team; it's just slowing them down. And they just, you know, when you can tell, there's like a few plays that you just know it just ain't gonna happen. Yep, happen on that night. It's like, okay, you gotta stop on the fourth down. Nope. Oh, this long completion here. Oh, uh, a wheel route to a, a, a running back for sixty yards and all that. I mean, you just yeah. knew it wasn't gonna happen. Alshon so Jeffrey coming down here. with that ball is kind of when I knew, even though that was actually pretty close to the beginning of the game. That was kind of the moment that I was like, this is their night, isn't it? Because <laughs> it just seemed that way the whole night that they just had a crazy spectacular thing to answer every single time. And, you know, I mean, no, really, when you think about it, it was for when it was for me, it was like the second half when, like, even they had time to discuss um, adjustments and stuff, they were still just getting gashed just as much, if not more. Yeah, that's that's when I knew. Like, when we started giving up those wheel routes to Clement, I was like, yeah, we're, we're screwed. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know what? I mean, I would much rather lose. I mean, I don't know. I, I would much rather lose to, like, that sort of kind of Herculean superhuman effort than like well, some I mean some David Tyree bullshit. Yeah. Some I mean, basically yeah, fluky I, BS. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like but like here's the thing. It it wasn't like Hercules like it was just the team just outworked us. It was yeah, I mean it was just great. They just great outworked us and they just the, calling, the better team plan. won the game. Yeah. Like I can't get mad at that. Game like as you say, game respects game. Like it's Nick like, Foles played a great game. Like Nick Foles refused to be a uh, a second rate quarterback, and he delivered. Yeah, and the rest of the team stepped up and did their thing, and they did not morph back into pumpkins or anything. They kept riding high, and they played with confidence from beginning to end. Yeah, there's because there's sort of like I think about like a poker analogy where like there's losing. 
because your opponent just straight up outplayed you and then there's losing because your opponent, you know, you did literally everything right and your opponent had one out in the entire deck and he just happened to draw it. And that's the one that always that's always frustrating is that sort of thing cuz like there's no No, it's like a it was like a game of magic. It's like so you're playing blue. Yeah, this person might this like this no, get this. This person's like aggro. Like they seem like they're like jumping on you, move like you know, like with Brady, moving the ball and all that stuff. But then like but you know how blue's strategy is just to stabilize. Play the long and, game. And like you know, yeah, play the long game. It's like just hanging in there, hanging in there until you exhaust yourself and then they come in and do the checkmate. Yeah. It was like that it, it was like they were a couple steps ahead regardless of what we threw at them yep. so like oh okay like in a couple in a couple turns right now this big card you laid out i'm just gonna like manually gear or something i mean i mean <laughs> it had like that type of feel what you can do i can do just as good if not better i mean and imagine if, if we had 12 points in the first half can you imagine like their defense actually slowed brady down that which made which probably made all the difference because if they didn't yep. slow him down in that way Think of how many, what their score would have been. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we're gonna oh, we're gonna but, dive into that at some point soon. In, yeah. in more. Oh length, yeah. Uh, did Did you hear the news today about Jimmy G? Jimmy G got paid. He got freaking paid. I guess if you took the Matt Flynn contract and multiplied it by five, like the five games that he started or whatever, you get you get the Jimmy G contract. So fair enough. I mean, I guess there's well, the no one was, who who doesn't think he's the real deal at this point, right? Yeah, but the th- here's the thing, though. Like, Guapolo is not Flynn because he actually did do, like, a five, six-game tryout with his team. True. And, and like, actually, like, elevated that talent. I mean, <laughs> they were, like, third, fourth-rate, like, receivers, and he just elevated them, man. I'm just thinking. Uh, I always go back to the Matt so, Flynn to the Matt Flynn game just because he looked amazing in that one game. I mean, he he looked like he was worthy of that contract, and I think everybody at the I time mean, thought Seattle got a bargain, basically. And then Russell Wilson like just like overshadowed him. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, crazy. Oh. One more thing before we go. <laughs> oh man, here it is. We have to talk about the new Chris Paul State Farm commercial. Oh man. More specifically, we have to talk about James Harden's face. And Trevor Reza's like enthusiasm. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a heart. Tell me why. <laughs> but Seriously, dude, I, I, I was listening to that song earlier on the way to work, like, uh, and I was checking in the back seat to see if Trevor Reason was actually back there. It's a great song. Uh, it's a great commercial. But seriously, because you know, there's always tend to be in every shot. There's always kind of a focal point where your eyes tend to fall, and obviously in that shot, you're you're looking at Trevor Ariza because he's the thing that's moving in the screen, and you know our eyes are drawn to the movement. But 
Watch that commercial and just watch James Harden's face the entire time. He gets a look on his face when Trevor Ariza goes in for that glory note that is pretty much my favorite thing I've ever seen in my life. It makes me so happy how horrified James Harden looks. And because, like, I guess they didn't really quite get there with any of the other little vignettes in the ad, but it seems like James Harden's in-universe character is that he's kind of the serious grump and his other teammates are kind of the fun-loving jokesters. And I love this and I would watch a sitcom of this. Please make it happen. I want grumpy James Harden. <laughs> I mean, he's going to look that way as long as he has that beard. Right, yeah. I think maybe that's what it is that I uh I miss my beard and so I James Harden is my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just 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 have a just enjoy James Harden's face in that ad. It's my favorite thing ever. And sing along. And sing along to the Backstreet Boys, man. Be Trevor Ariza, but look like James Harden. <laughs> and be the conductor of, like, Chris Paul. Yes. And if, and if the Backstreet Boys do have a Twitter page, flood their Twitter page and, and show your appreciation for, for them and that song. Thank you. Preferably after flooding our Twitter page. Uh, yep. Just a... <laughs> Just a general request. Uh, I was going to say, like, uh, like they flood our page, and then they flood to them, and they'll tell them that we sent them, and then they'll invite us to be on a track or to make a cameo in, like, the next music video. I don't know. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so in. <laughs> I'm so in for that. So- I can't dance, and I definitely can't sing. So, uh, you know, it'll be really fun. I mean... I mean, like, you wouldn't have to like dance or anything. Like, what if what if the cameo was like you took like uh, a hollow um, guitar with nothing in it, like with like some like with like some baby powder or something, and you like and the, the cameo was like you smashing it like on my head or somebody else's head, like like they doing like they doing pro wrestling. That would be great. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, one more thing. Uh, this this will truly one be our last thing. thing. Uh, our uh, our podcast email got an email, and it's from a Ryan Ellison. And I'm like ninety percent sure this is a scam. But uh, Ryan, if you are a real person and you are listening, I apologize for thinking you're a scam. Uh, Please let us know that you're not a scam. <laughs> but uh, it says, uh, ran across you on SC. I assume that means SoundCloud. A little bit ago. Keep working. Really see potential. Had to like and sub man for real. Do me a favor. Return the love. And then it's a what appears to be a YouTube link that I'm definitely not clicking because I have no way of, of knowing that that is not a virus link. So, hmm. uh, so yeah. Hi, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's one of if those you, things. If you, if you are, if you are real, you want to be on the show. <laughs> it's one of those things though, that I, I looked at 
we don't have any subscribers on YouTube or we have one subscriber, which is just one of my other YouTube accounts. So it's not there. And I looked at our subs on SoundCloud and we do have five people following us. I think two of them are people that I know. I can't see who the other people are. I can't figure out how to do that. So theoretically, mm-hmm. one of those people could be uh, could be our buddy Ryan. Could be our buddy Ryan. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to call him <laughs> Buddy Ryan from now on. Hey, buddy Go Ryan. Ahead. Is he is he like going to punch us on the sidelines because we disagree with his play call? <laughs> I really hope not. <laughs> he sounded like a really nice guy. I don't want to. I don't want to be too mean to him, dude. Like that. I saw that clip with the use of oil. It was like Buddy Ryan was like, like trying to like punch somebody or something like in the sidelines. Jeez. <laughs> like, one of the other coaches because it was just it was just like a rift there. <laughs> I'm not your buddy, Ryan. I'm not your Ryan, buddy. Anyways, uh, what my hope is that eventually we'll graduate from getting, cause, you know, we, we had a, we had a bit for on our early episodes about, uh, scam emails. So it's kind of, kind of, uh, kind of cool to get what probably is one now. Uh, but, um, what's funny is, uh, my hope is that, uh, eventually, will graduate from getting scam emails to getting real emails from real people. So, hey, if you're out there and you're a real person who is maybe good at writing emails that do not sound like they're scams, uh, please email us. I would just add a word of caution. Really, the thing that, that threw me off was the link. Please just don't include a hyperlink because I'm just not going to click the hyperlink. I have no way of knowing what that is. Sorry. Hey, please, uh, uh, Sam Hinky, please please send us an email. Yeah, Sam, if you're out there, buddy, <laughs> old buddy of mine that I have not spent the last eight months of my life eviscerating at every opportunity, <laughs> uh, please reach out to us. Hmm. One of, I think one of the tweets from our account just says Hamsinky. I remember that. <laughs> but uh yeah, I'm gonna try to start I'm gonna try to start tweeting from that account more. Um Word. I sort of like the idea of Twitter as just this weird room, this weird empty room full of all of the people in the world, except everyone thinks it's an amateur comedy club and they have the mic. Yeah. Uh, that is definitely, I think, the best version of Twitter. And maybe not the version where threatening nuclear war is somehow not a violation of the terms of service. Well, let's, uh, let's adjourn for now. Uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you. Like, I will, I will hug you if I could. Um... But I don't know about this guy. <laughs> You're not gonna hug me? No, no. I mean, like, I will hug all these people, but like, on contrary to you, which is how do you say it? Oh, oh, I said yeah. I wish I could just hug you all, but I'm not going to. Yeah, but someday. Cause uh, yeah, because Lion Staley is my hero. All right. Peace, love, and happiness, man. Everyone. Take it easy, uh, Cavs players who are no longer on the Cavs. Uh, <laughs> take tonight, get some sleep. Tomorrow's a new day. You're still in the NBA. Uh, things can only go up from here. 
Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, take care, everybody. Take care. Bye, guys. And, and I'm making love to my biceps right now. Yeah, D D actually has some uh, has some uh, some muscle mass to work with, and he is currently a, making out with it. And, and hairy armpits. <laughs> hairy armpits. I've never heard of that guy. Uh, what team does he play for? <laughs> no, he, he obviously plays for the Cavs now, right? He's gonna fill yeah. out that last roster spot. Harry Armpits. <laughs> <laughs>